Everyone, welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. Well, another year in the books. We have hit summer 2023, season 45 of the Glorio blog, our 11th anniversary. And uh, yes, summer 2023, another another year in the books, and uh maybe not the best season <laughs> i you know, mean we, in we, hindsight, we saw this coming but you know you know hindsight is 2020 who could have predicted 11 years ago but maybe starting an anime blog in summer was was not the play you know well, i think i think i might have been unemployed at the time i don't remember <laughs> yeah, that it sounds was just, about right the timing worked out it was so long ago but uh anyway we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more about that in a moment First, I'd like to introduce everyone. I'm Jell. We're joined by Iro. I'm still here. I'm not dead yet. Still among the living. And we're joined by G. What's good, everybody? And uh, we have uh, Peter back with us. Welcome back, Peter. I'm, I'm here. I'm intruding on an anniversary show. I feel <laughs> bad. I mean, you've, you've been with us for quite a few years now at this point as well, right? I mean, it's time's flying by here, so... Um, yeah, plural. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been. Uh, I, I I don't know how many, but I want to say at least like maybe three, four. We'll we'll check the tape later. But uh, anyway, for yeah, twenty twenty three is our eleventh anniversary, and you know we had our big tenth anniversary last year. You can go back and listen to that show, and. We played a fun little game where we asked the question, you know, is anime better or worse now than it was 10 years ago? <laughs> and I, well I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go back and play that whole game again. Uh, but, <laughs> we, we may later bring that up during a specific show, I think. Yeah, but uh, I, I did. Uh, I was looking at summer 2013. And mm-hmm. while last year, I think the conclusion we came to is anime never changes and perhaps it is still just as bad as it was. Uh-huh. I think summer 2013 might have been better. <laughs> okay. So what all did uh, we have in 2013? We had, we had a couple standouts. So we had a uh, Gloria cult favorite love lab. Oh my God. <laughs> Holy shit. Shout, yeah. Shout out to uh, the most unexpected uh, hit comedy amongst uh, all of us. If you if you look at the art and read the premise, it sounds <laughs> awful. But it's actually, uh, back when Dogakobo was was not whatever they've become. Yeah, whatever they're doing these days. Well, now they're now they're doing Oshinoko, so apparently they're oh, back sure, on top fine. of the world. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, you know that's the, go check that one out, folks. It's a very good fun comedy with ridiculous cartoon animation. Uh, Copo at their 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 best with the animation, but uh, just just watch out for the the blackface scene. <clears throat> anyway, um, the <laughs> uh, the eccentric family, which oh, yeah. uh, I is at the top of my uh, shows. I regret not watching, but everyone has said that that is a very good yeah, show, yeah. and I always wanted to watch it and just never got to it. Um, which that that was the first season. I think there was another season after that as well. Um. What I feel is the underappreciated Gotcha Man crowds. 
which I named <laughs> oh, as my number four anime of the 2010s. My personal completes uh, the trifecta with sins, crowds, and night for the yes, uh, for the, the uh, Tatsunoko remakes. The the like deadly yeah. serious commentary yes, on the humanity reimaginings uh, <laughs> versions of the Tatsunoko classics, um, and you know Gotraman crowds exploring the impact of social media when humanity is not ready for it. Uh, painfully mm-hmm, relevant mm-hmm. um but, yes <laughs> in fact it, I, i'm pretty uh, sure they predicted the rise of donald trump but we'll that's another story for another time mm-hmm. um and fidget spinners it, yeah we'll have to talk about that another uh-huh. times but, but anyway uh and uh perhaps most importantly stella women's academy high school division class c3 or c3 uh, if the, you will the last the last guy show. The last defiant <laughs> gasp of Gynex. <laughs> uh, oh man. It, and you know, it, it's really funny because like so that you say that was summer 2013? Yeah. That's really funny because if I recall correctly, Fall is the de- is the is the debut of Kill the Kill that uh, in, in 2013. So, that sounds about right. Yeah. That's, I think that's a very that's a, that right? it's mm. very funny to me personally how that lines up. You have C three boo just like it's Gynax on its last legs trying to trying to put its hands up. And that was right a different as... and that was a different show from Sabagebu, right? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Very Saba different. Gebu, they were uh, both they were both a girl they were both like a girls' club show about yeah. airsoft, but yeah, they were yeah. very, very different yeah, shows. Yes. C three boo was like deadly serious was a deadly serious fever dream where Sabagebu was the be- was not the beginning, but definitely one of the early like examples of isn't it funny when every person in the cast <laughs> is a complete piece of shit? Yeah. Worst mm. people on the planet. Yeah. In every single Truly, character in that show, and it's know. great. It's one of uh, one of the funniest shows I think in the Glorio era. But I mean, yeah, like like the girl on the fucking windowsill episode is probably still like one of the single funniest episodes of anime. That hmm. yeah, when she gets I an entire like watched. squadron of men killed because she didn't the she she broke the toilet handle and couldn't flush <laughs> the toilet and was trying to get away yeah. without people knowing it was her. <laughs> Uh, All right. Uh, anyway, that show was great, but yes, that 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 comes later. I think that was either the next mm-hmm. year or whatever. But yeah. yeah, so there were there were there were a couple good good shows. Twenty thirteen summer. Um, I don't think there's that many good shows this season, but that's what we're here to talk about. The, so the thing I'd say about this season is like, I feel like I watched a lot of shows this season that like have interesting ideas or potential, but nothing in the first episode alone that has me like instantly locked in in the way that you know yeah a really good debut does yeah well, yeah we'll get into specifics but there's a couple of these shows that are like i really want to like this but there's like one thing missing yeah somewhere keeping it from being like really good right and you know i guess that's something i mean uh and some of these <laughs> i think i think some of these did fare better in the second episodes depending on you know which one's we stuck with but let's uh let's get into it and we'll start talking about some of the the returning shows here some season twos we'll kick it off with uh jujutsu kaisen which it's back it's back it's back uh i actually did not watch this because i think we talked about a preview show why i wasn't i was just did not feel interested in watching this but you guys checked it out right we did yeah um, i don't so, think you're wrong joe <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I mean, so you can kind of get into it, yeah. right? Which is like Jujutsu Kaisen's second season. Jujutsu Kaisen is a bit of an interesting... I, I don't want to say anomaly, but its place in Weekly Shonen Jump is very interesting to me because it's obviously become very popular thanks to the anime. It kind of received a similar bump in popularity that Demon Slayer got after it got its very high-profile adaptation. But, like, Jujutsu Kaisen... The, the way it's written, which obviously the mangaka could never have predicted that, like, the way in which the, the, the story, the show, you know, it would pop off in, in the mainstream. But, like, the way it's written, Jujutsu Kaisen is almost, like, uniquely suited to, like, squander all of its momentum. Because, <laughs> oh, like, at, immediately after season one, right, or, or the first, like, the first, yeah, the first season, you get the prequel movie, which is, like... Yeah cool but has like zero connection to any of the characters you actually like mm-hmm. no right it's like, and well, then like, maki is there as a side yeah, character I mean, right? yes yes you know like toto is there right but it's like again it's like they're 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 kind of like on the side right they're not the focus and then and then you go okay well sure that's fine it's a prequel movie and you know hey it was still very impressive visually hey you know 90 mm-hmm. minutes just cool anime sakuga yeah but prequel movie is nothing new right that's common right yeah oh yeah. totally totally yeah but then Jujutsu Kaisen's second season starts up, starts up, and it's also a prequel. <laughs> right. It's we are we are getting the Even further of the past. Like, yes, we are we are getting the like Naruto Kakashi flashback arc, but like way way earlier than most shonen manga seem. When a shonen manga decides to do this type of prequel arc, they usually wait until the main cast is pretty firmly established. Mm-hmm. Right. But, Jujutsu Kaisen seemingly decided, you know what everybody wants? We want the Gojo flashback, right? And Gojo is not Bakugo levels of bad, but he occupies a somewhat similar position of the mainstream love this character, right? You know, mm-hmm. the, they 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 he, he is like by far the most popular character in the manga, right? And mm-hmm. you know, ranks number one in the popularity polls all the time, right? So clearly people like him. But like as Iro and I kind of discuss, Gojo is kind of like, what if All Might sucked? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I I think he's fine in his supporting role, but, yes, but right. I don't want him to make. Is... I don't want him to be the main character, which in the prequel yeah. he is, right? So yeah, and, yeah. and that's kind of what makes this prequel a little rough, right? Is like that combined with the fact that like, if you have watched literally a single shonen in your life, you know exactly how this prequel goes because it is the classic like. You know, pride comes before the fall, like the whole like, oh, you know, these are all the characters when the times were good. Here's a bunch of characters who don't appear in present day. So (laughs) it's pretty easy to put together what happens to them in this prequel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, they do the thing of like, oh, Gojo is like, you know, Gojo is the Bakugo in the sense that he is the brash you know, overconfident one who says weirdly, like, Darwinist things, like, actually, the strong should be the only people who are allowed to have rights. Whereas uh, the villain in the modern... In the modern day, the villain, you know, was uh, a part of Gojo's, like, three-man Naruto crew, and he's, like, the kind-hearted, you know, idealistic one who believes that the strong exist to protect the weak. And that, like the yeah. weak, the, the lives of the weak have every much, you know, a reason to live as the strong. I, and I, it's I like mean, we, 
You know, we you can see it all. Uh-huh. You can see like you know exactly where this all to goes. be to be fair. Jujutsu Kaisen's strong point was never innovation, right? But, <laughs> Yeah, I that that yeah. Again, I I, you just kind of know exactly what's going to happen, right? But yeah, um, and and so like the only really interesting thing kind of left then is like Mappa's production, which even mm -hmm. without Sung Ho Park, is admittedly still quite good. And I really want to bring it up because I watch I watched season two of Jujutsu Kaisen, which again is like competent. I wouldn't even necessarily say it hits the same highs as like Sung Ho Park's directing, but it is pretty good. Yeah. And it pisses me off because even like this, like kind of lesser version of Jujutsu Kaisen gets closer to the platonic ideal of how Chainsaw Man should have been adapted <laughs> rather than how go. they chose to. Here we because, go. Because yeah. like the, th the thing that Jujutsu Kaisen's second season does really well is that it actually does a really good job of balancing like moody, ominous, cinematic directing. Like there's a lot of directing shots in the second season that very that, that very clearly take inspiration yeah. from live action media, and not just live action media, but like horror media, right? Like, yeah. Now, now that you mention it, I do feel like maybe those two shows do kind of have similar vibes as far as mix of like lovable dirtbags with like kind of you know the more creepy horror type yeah, of right. elements to him right and and the thing is like again like Jujutsu Kaisen the manga is not cinematic right I mean I've read a couple chapters it does not have that type of cinematic directing but MAPPA chose to do that for the anime and it really works but more right. importantly the characters are still goofy weirdos and when it's time for action mode when it's time to switch to shonen sakuga mode it does mm -hmm. so effortlessly, you know? Or even like, just, like, 90s shonen gag mode. Like, yeah, right? Like, you know, chibi-deformed heads talking in bubbles, that sort of thing. Like, it has yeah. no it has no pretense that, like, oh, you know, this is, like, a... You know, this is going to be something, like, you know, above your standard anime, right? Like, it has elements of it in its directing, but at the end of the day, it recognizes, look, this is shonen anime, you know? Mm -hmm. It's here to entertain. And I'm watching this, and I'm like... God damn it. This is li literally, this is all you had to do for the Chainsaw Man anime. And I think people would have been happy. Let's just do a normal MAPPA adaptation. Like, yes, you know, and it's like, like Jujutsu Kaisen season two is proof that even like baseline MAPPA, like not even a team MAPPA, could have probably <laughs> have pulled it off. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm never going to shy away from a chance to dunk on the Chainsaw Man anime, so that's fine. <laughs> but, um,. Yeah, I mean, I, it's just dis disappointing, right? Because I wish it was we could have carried on with the characters that they put so much effort into getting us to like them yeah. last year. And, and uh, yeah, this is what we get. Are you guys going to keep up with it, you think? Or is that, was it just maybe a curiosity a bit, at this point? a bit more, I don't know. What else is there to watch, dude? I guess that's the thing. We'll in get a into it. Like but, this, yeah. It, it good, might just win by default. That's a good question. What else is there to watch, right? Indeed. What so, else is on this let's, list? Uh, let's uh, move to another season two. Peter, if you want to refresh our memory on the Duke of Death and his maid, uh, which was a show that you were watching. But yeah, if you, what, what, was this? This was the one. It was like the the guy like can't touch people or they die, right? Yeah, any if he touches. <laughs> Anything that is alive, whether it's plants, animals, or humans, um, it it dies. Right. Um, and so, because he got cursed when he was a child, 
and so his his uh, parents sort of banished him to like they're they're like they're, this is a duke they've got they're rich people he's been banished to the slightly smaller mansion that's like right. but it's the, uh-huh, uh-huh. the branch yeah. family mansion yeah yeah um and so uh so he sent out with um a butler and a maid um and most of the 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 show is just the maid just being excessively horny constantly mm. uh, uh, but he can't not be able to do anything because he right. can't touch her um but at the same time there is the ongoing story of trying to find a, find the witch to get uncursed um and also it's kind of wholesome at the same time <laughs> like the, right. you've, got, you've got the the maid uh, Alice just being absolutely ridiculous um to the point where even the 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 opening theme has the duke singing about sexual harassment uh, that he's experiencing from his maid, um, but at the same time, we're thought is the 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 plot is the fact that because of the the maid not being afraid of him and and flirting constantly, he's not alone because at the very start mm-hmm. he's quite miserable, and so we've had season one already, um, and so like the very the final episode of the first season was more like. We've got a bit more information about the the witch. Uh, we've got some. Um, they've made friends with uh, a couple of witches who are uh, like friendly ones, but not the one who put the curse on them. There's a mysterious witch who's um, uh, voiced by um, uh, Hikasa Yoko, so you know that she's going to be important. Uh-huh. Um, ah, in a Fugo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I love how that, that's our yeah. reference when she's played so many more famous characters, but yes. Uh, um, so yeah. season two starts off with a pool episode, because of course it does, but it's sort of like a stealth recap in that, like, yeah, it's a pool episode, but they're kind of covering everything that happened mm, in the right. first season, because it's been like a couple, yeah, a couple of years since the first season. Yeah. Do they, do they do a joke where he's got to like go to the, the pool premise. and like yeah. full, fully clothed with gloves and everything? Because uh... uh, I mean, they don't go to a pool. The, the, the witch brings like this magical pool, and they just like oh, okay. make sure. it inside. Right. Um, um, but um, but yeah, I, I don't. It, I, he doesn't go swimming. He just he's, he's one of the ones that just sits by the side of the pool. Right. Um, uh, but we've learned that the. Two witches that were friends. One one's just looks like a human girl. The other one has like a like a bird face. They've joined a circus now, and so they're just because the circus aren't going to ask questions and they don't want to be like outed as witches or whatever. Um, and then the Mikasioko character like shows up in episode two to sort of say, I'm, "I know someone who can, in theory, break curses." They're going to show up in a few days. Um, but I need you to get the birdface witch to me because he can control time apparently, which I don't think they really established in the first season. So I don't know. Maybe they weren't expecting the second season. But yeah. Um, but overall, it's a it's it's a a show that I feel I it feels like I have to defend it because it is <laughs> extremely horny you- and full of fan service. <laughs> Right. But it still manages to have a pretty wholesome story behind it, and 
actually kind of interesting characters. I, I the little bits I've seen look charming. I think it was another one I just didn't have time to really watch, but um, I, I I think I get what you're saying though. It's like yeah, they they kind of have the jokes that sound like horny jokes, but it, the in reality, it's still pretty wholesome, right? Like it's you know nothing wrong with a little fun flirting, I guess. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, uh, go ahead, just briefly, because I think on one thing that sort of sets it apart as of the end of the first season, is you've got two actual couples. They know that they're in love with each other, um, the Duke of Death and his maid, and the, the two witches. Like they, they are just straight-up couples at this point. So there's no weird, like, harem stuff with well, the sister, which is great. Yeah. But, um, right. which is a like, bit different, I suppose, than, yeah, will they, yeah. they? Uh, yeah, it's it's more like well, the whole like if I touch you, you die thing is kind of holding things up, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> other than that, it's it's obvious what's going on to everyone, right? Um, yeah, yeah, okay. And and it seems like season two is just kind of carrying on uh, from season one. Uh, yeah, like the, the same the, yeah, and yeah, it's same staff, same same voices. Um, and yeah, first episode was. Largely a recap. Second one, we're sort of starting to see a bit more what's going on with the witches side of things, and I think the next episode is probably going to be pretty story heavy in theory. Right. Okay. All right. Well, it might be something to if if none of these other shows are sticking, might be something <laughs> for, uh, to check out for sure. Um. Okay. Sorry, Jell. You have to watch all twenty six episodes of Vinland Saga season one first. I do. I, so, me personally, yes, I have to. I've I've got already have things on the backlog, which uh-huh. we may talk about later. But, um, all right, let's let's go on to some new shows. Yes. And I feel like a show that all probably has similar vibes to the, mm-hmm. the the one we just talked about. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, is that the full? Did I miss a word? Undead Girl Murder Farce? Yeah, I was going to say, shouldn't it be Undead Girl Murder Farce? Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, Yeah. So, I think, if if you should listen to our preview, this caught our attention primarily because it's directed by Shinichi Omada, who directs uh, two of my, certainly my favorite shows, and many of us uh, of the past, like, ten years, most noted noted for Kaguya-sama, Love is War, but also... um, Show again, Roku Rakugo Shinju. And watching this, the guy's got range. <laughs> as yeah, far as, I was going to say, as far as a director, because this is another this type very, of show. Yeah, <laughs> a very interesting departure from what I would have expected based or on that. Not resume. like not like like the other two shows are also completely on the opposite ends of the spectrum. But this is like this another is, direction. This is this a third is direction. So adapted from a novel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did like, you guys did you guys watch um the second episode? I, watched, I have only watched yeah. the first. I've watched both episodes. Okay. Yeah. I would say uh for better or worse, I think watching the second episode gives you the full scope of what the mm. show is going to be the like. The second episode feels like it should have been the first episode. Yeah, probably. But just just to recap briefly, this is like a um you know, alternate history s- murder mystery type of thing from you know the 1800s the the main character is a girl who is a head in a birdcage and she is carried around by her her assistant who is an oni and her maid and they have mm-hmm. gone to europe to find her body but in the meantime they, apparently they have become 
uh, infamous monster detectives. And um, yep. yeah, the reason why we say <laughs> the second episode should have been the first episode is we don't learn all of that until the second episode. <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> really. I, didn't, I didn't pick up on I didn't pick up on any of that from the first. The, the episode, first right? the first like, episode is sort of like the prologue that introduces how yeah. the characters met, and then okay. the second episode is like a year later in Europe they gotcha. are now so, running around. Yeah, I'm of yeah. the opinion that we didn't really need the first episode. Uh, that could have been it, a like, flashback. Yeah, or I mean, as, as someone who only yeah. watched the first episode and can only speak to it, right. I mean, I'll, I'll say for my part that this is one of those shows I was alluding to where I said there is things here, right? Like there, there are there yeah, are pieces yeah. here that I could I could see myself really getting into, but like, yeah, I did not have a full picture of like you know I wasn't locked in, right? Like there mm-hmm. there there are, there are episode ones of anime out there where you watch it and you instantly go, oh, okay, look, I'm watching this for the rest of the season, right? And yes. yeah, uh, Undead Girl Murder Farce. Uh, does that have Does that have a cute Japanese abbreviation yet? Uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, yeah, uh, like uh, Undead Gi Murfo or something. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, you know, uh, <laughs> but um, I guess yeah, you know, I, I will say that like the directing definitely did a lot of the heavy lifting in that first episode to have me yeah. go, okay, there might because like you know the premise itself is like it's very much like oh here's this like you know self destructive you know monster of a man with nowhere yeah. to go and he's just you know waiting for the day he finally kicks the bucket like, right and you know super... the directing does a yeah go ahead the, the directing does a good job of like making you feel the like sense of ennui and like futility of a life like this but like you know the character was not like himself compelling enough on his own to necessarily sell me but mm-hmm. yeah i think once the head shows up i was like okay there's like there's there's like an interesting dynamic here i guess like yeah and i th- i think um because I, I felt the same watching the first episode, and I felt like it did just barely enough for me to want to watch the second episode. I was like, "All right, let me see what happens when they get to anime Europe, right?" Yeah, and, <laughs> yep. and um, I do think the second episode, while I don't think it was, I you know, there were still some I think issues with it. The I do feel like I did a better job of making me interested. Like so, so. Like I said, like I guess like a year passes between the first and second episode, and okay. they kind yeah. of jump right into a murder mystery case that they've been called into, and apparent, but apparently they've been doing this for the past year, so they're yeah, already kind of like, like in full swing, yeah. like they've already had time to like gel as a crew and develop their chemistry. So you can, so you, they already have like a better chemistry as a group with the three of them, uh, and you know, I kind of liked, you know, the. the that they're not like entirely joyless as they were in the first episode. Like there's some mm-hmm. like fun, stupid bits. Like when she's telling him to count with his tongue and stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's some personality to it. Um, and also they start to fill in the world building, which they did not do any of in the first this episode. Is one of those, like all these stories and mythical creatures are true kind of setting. Yeah. So there's uh, a lot of had so this one is, stuff, but yeah. Yeah. So this one's focused on vampires. Cause you know, we're in Europe. And like they kind of just immediately jump into this scenario, and the guy starts talking about, well, ever since they took down Count Dracula, and I'm like, uh, okay, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, the war against Count Dracula, uh, yeah, like, and, and you know, that's just sort of the yeah. that they don't really allude, on, they don't really like elaborate on that. That's just like the backstory and how, right. like, you know, I mean, I like vampires those. are like ex- there's like 
ally vampires that are right. Like, Electo, are, like, he's cool like, yeah, humans. I signed a written contract with like the town that I will not feed upon any humans as long yeah. as I reside here. You'll have yeah, you all then, that in writing. I swore I wouldn't. I go to church every Sunday, just like the rest of you. Yep. And then right, I guess yeah, that. they I mean they do establish that in episode one, right? Where mm-hmm. like yeah, it's like Yokai and Oni are a known yeah. are a known quantity in this world, right? It's this is not one of those like secret world style urban right, fantasies right. Yeah. where they I live, feel like they, you know, behind yeah. the veal, so to speak. I feel like they kind of play it up a little more in this episode, but the yeah, because that's part of like the main plot here because then this, you know, vampire guy's wife it ends up mm-hmm. dead, murdered, and they call in Staked. our crew. Yeah. To uh yeah, she got a silver stake through the heart. And they call in our crew to solve the murder. Which they don't actually solve in this episode. They kind of only start collecting information. Uh, I was rolling my eyes a little bit at some of the anime detectiving mm-hmm. going on. <laughs> actually, you know what? I it's not even anime, you know, like if you watch, I don't know, BBC Sherlock or something, it's the same oh, garbage. Yeah. I mean where like ah, I can tell by the the way your jacket is ruffled yeah. that, uh-huh. you know, you have just recently stopped drinking or whatever. Like, that's literally something they say in this episode. Right. Uh-huh. So, Look, you know, there's writing, some of that. Writing, writing smart people is hard because. But, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I felt, Ira, how, how do you feel? Because I did feel a little more warm about it after. I'm two. interested in where it's going. I think it's very wordy. It's just right. It's yes. like, and you it's not really necessarily a way to get away from that, I think, because it's from a text medium and like they're doing a lot of explaining of their thought processes as detectives, uh, etc. Yeah. But it's just like the directors trying real a, hard, a to little, keep you know, at parts I'm just yeah. like, get on with it, please, right? Yeah. A little, bit. especially when like you get to the end of the episode and it's just like, oh, we didn't actually solve anything. This is going to the next episode. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, I would have liked you couldn't have solved it. In this episode, yeah, because basically sure? the last Wait. like the last like five minutes is like, let the, me the, let me list. Let me show here's, you everything. Here's a list of seven things court record that yeah. I have found after my investigation. Look, yeah, yeah, you, you got you and got she to lists, review the evidence. <laughs> she lists like five of them and then they end the episode. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, can we just wrap at least get the list Look, out man. before we wrap, wrap things Look, up here but even yeah. even the powers of immortal beings and oni hybrids and super battle maids you mm-hmm. know i mean i'm sure they're very good at their jobs but i'm sure yeah. not every detective has access to the mitsuhaname this is a reference that only we this is only reference that we understand yeah. God, what just was, entered what, the collective gestalt mind of the crime uh, well, scene. What was the name of the show? Uh, it, invaded. it Invaded. All right. Shout out to It Invaded. Yes, yes. Uh, another <laughs> Glorio <laughs> cult classic. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, so. Yeah, go. Sorry, Peter. What, was there. Oh, no, it was just It Invaded is a banger show. It's good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Damn right. Do I it like a it, samurai. Like, like a samurai. Yeah. <laughs> uh but uh yeah, I'm yeah, I'd like to see more of Under Your Murder Forest. I'm not like super bought in yet, I don't think. It's like I I'm I'm interested in where it goes, but I I want to see I mean, even, more, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say for my part even before what you guys started describing episode 2, I'll say that like episode 1 you know, again, we are grading on the curve of this season, but mm-hmm. like episode one was enough to make me go, yeah, okay, I'll I'll get around to watching episode two of this, right? Like this, yeah. 
I guess we'll, yeah. we'll see yeah. where this goes. My at the very least, I want to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the very least, I want to see the next episode to see the, how this arc wraps right. up, and maybe that will form my final. They're opinion, already but. they're already seating in, you know, Herlock Holmes and Moriarty and Frankenstein and Jack the Ripper well, and such because I mean, yes, because of course. Uh, I mean, we already had so, Count Dracula, so yep. Um, so I, I guess I want to see if they're doing anything with that stuff, or if it's this is just going to be like another one of them battle shows not that that would be bad necessarily but yeah i don't know yeah there is some there is some well i guess there wasn't a whole lot of action this episode but i think there were right. right that's the plan so maybe um maybe. it was cool when the maid pulled out the musket i yeah, thought it was done. pretty cool bayonet yeah big bayonet yeah. with the big bayonet on it very cool all right so we'll 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 see on that one. Let's 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 just dive right into the uh, Gohan's power hour here. Go yeah, hands. Sure. <laughs> Starting like with out like again. throw hands or go hands. <laughs> Starting with the girl yeah. I like forgot her glasses, which Iroh and Peter, you both watched, right? I sure did. And and Peter, I haven't heard your opinion on this yet. Are are, are you uh did you actually enjoy this or uh I... what did you think? I enjoyed it. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> you don't have to apologize. No, nope. don't apologize. Um, no, the thing I really need to apologize for is um, is the 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 defense of the uh, the in, the the animation uh, as Arrow puts wackadoo animation. <laughs> the the Gohan's house style, as I yeah. try to politely call it. Yeah, because <laughs> I. It's a choice. I feel at least they made a, a choice. It's a choice. They made yeah. a choice. They sh- yes. they they work really hard on it, and it's hilarious. And I feel like that's the point. It's a bad choice. You know, you can I mean, work it's... really hard on something, <laughs> In... and maybe you shouldn't have. It's what it's certainly a way to make your clip go viral, right? Like, uh, I get this... right. It's like I don't know. It's not for me. <laughs> So here, okay, here's my actual complaint about like, I mean, okay, I have not watched the show. I have just seen the clip that got went viral, of course, of the like ridiculous, like fucking steady cam, like walking through school shot. Uh-huh. The thing that like really bothers me about that shot, actually, like, and this is a thing that comes up in animation, um, especially, especially as of recent. Hmm. There is a real physical difference between how a scene looks when you are pulling a real camera through it versus moving a simulated camera through a simulated 3D space. Because there are things about how cameras operate as real physical objects and real physical spaces with real physical lenses that mean that there are certain things, angles that, I wouldn't say are impossible to shoot in real life or in film, but would be like kind of insane to to try to do that with. Whereas, uh, um, you know, if if you've ever like moved a camera in a video game, you might mm-hmm. this this might make sense, right? Like you can pull a camera into the wall, right? You can clip through a wall with a camera, right? That's kind of the feel I get from this show, right? During shots like those, is like it's not filmic; it's actually almost intentionally three D, like, or intentionally simulated. You know, uh, a simulated three D space because the way the camera moves in that one shot, it's like, like 
the cameraman, the, the hypothetical cameraman during that scene would have to have been like embedded three feet into the wall <laughs> of that hallway to get some of those angles. Like that's what I'm getting at. And that's what makes it look like really like breaks uh, your brain a little. I, I think for, yeah. for me, I mean, I, I, it's not so much that it looks bad. It's just why, <laughs> but to what it, it is, it is, I mean, it's interesting I mean, we're talking about it, right? But um, also, is she like okay, okay? Also, yeah, so, what we well, got to talk about? Yeah, let's get to <laughs> the actual <laughs> content of the show, of the show. <laughs> which is so also is, stupid. It, is it? Is it? It's just the title, right? Like he likes the, this girl, and then yes. you and know he sits next glasses. to her. He likes her. But he he can't say anything. You know, he's too shy to talk. But then she forgot her glasses, and so she has to. But he's the only one. He's sitting next to her, and so he's like, "You can look at my textbook because you can't read yours because you're, you know, you don't have your glasses. You're just looking super closely at your book, and you can't read it." So, uh, she she's so vision addled she cannot even find the correct textbook in her bag. So he's like, you "Look at my textbook. I've got the right textbook." And so okay. the whole episode is like variations on this. She can't do a thing properly. Because she can't see properly, so she has to sidle up real close to him to look at like, stuff properly. I am pretty sure I'm like technically two or three degrees removed from being legally blind. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty fucking bad. <laughs> Let me tell you, you don't forget your glasses when your vision's that bad. Yeah. No, but she's I, just I, so clumsy, you know. Yeah, like, I know. I, I mean, couldn't like make it out of this house without my glasses. I, I like I can survive without my glasses, and even I don't forget my glasses. I think the, right, the but, like the one yeah. time it like the thing is okay. The thing about this show is that like I think it can sustain itself for like one episode, right? And like the joke, uh, can, I, I watched episode two. Okay. Does it, okay. is it still good? Or yeah, so so yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Peter, if we're coming yeah. in hard on this here, but but no, you're saying I, I have you, bad opinion if it's well, okay. What I was gonna say, like I what? the the bit where at the end of the episode one where she has to like she gets a real close to look at him like whatever like usual or whatever, and then the gag is I did wear contacts today and I was just messing with you for that one time, right? Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, that's you okay. You can't but pull then, that joke again, right, though? Right. Like, yeah. Uh, and anyway, continue. Go ahead. I didn't watch episode two. Um, yeah, episode two is kind, it's kind of more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't like wearing contacts, which is how they, they can explain this carrying right. on. Um, like she's, she struggles putting them in, and as someone who wore contacts for literally two days, I get that. Yeah, I have yet to even attempt to wear contacts. Yeah, I don't I'm like that. Doesn't seem contacts. like a good time. Uh, yeah, I tried contacts once, and then it like got slipped and fell underneath my eyeball. Oh yeah, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And Ooh. cool, I never. I don't. I don't wear contacts anymore. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and that's why you don't forget your glasses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like, um, she stands, uh, she, she breaks her glasses by standing on it at one point. Um, okay. like they're really going out of their way to find reasons for this <laughs> yeah. to carry on. Um, in some ways that's kind of funny in itself to me, but yes, what, yeah. what absurd um, way can we find her to make her not have glasses? But yes. 
but um, uh, she goes. She, um, she, yeah, she loses her glasses on the train. I think at one point, or at least she's on the train going to somewhere to get new glasses uh, anyway because her, her prescription has changed. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, she needs help getting to the the shop itself. And uh, like the, 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 I feel like I feel like I'm enjoying the show. But I'm struggling to really identify why. Um, I do like how it looks. Put like the weird animation aside. Like outside of that, I think it looks really nice. But like, and they don't. I, I feel like they just did the weird animation stuff for episode. Right, it, like it looks looks fine the rest of the time, right? And it's just like occasionally I'm like, why are you doing this? Is yeah, that how yeah. I felt right? Um, because. I'm trying to remember what what else uh, what else Gohans have done. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've done some stuff. Because, like the the the, the thing that I um, I think of is uh, Seitakaya Kuindomo, which mm-hmm. yeah. So that that's yeah that or like um, God what was that show with the Copelian? Do you guys remember that one? Um, the, those those kind of look a little more normal, but I think they're most notorious for something like, say, uh, Handshakers is the most... That's the most famous, because that's the, by far the ugliest, where they not only had like the spinning <laughs> yeah. cameras, but they also had like just blobs of color splashed all over the place for no reason. Just horrible, and, like, horrible just, After Effects filters everywhere. Yeah, right? yeah. That That's like the most... That's like the the Gohan's meter cranked to 110%, right? But they're, they're, they're not all at that level. So that's kind of like the worst one. But, um, well, the reason I mentioned Seidekei Kuindomo is because the film that they did opens with a, an extended steady cam shot that is very similar to the one in Forgot Glasses. Um, yeah. like starts, starts off in the sky, goes through a plane, um, like from the front <laughs> to back, and then, like, there's some like stupid jokes, and then it go, then it goes down to ground level and is following a dog throughout the school in a shot that is almost identical to mm-hmm. the shot in that bit in the Forgot Glasses. I, I, I think th- whoever owns the studio might mandate that they do one of those shots per series or something because um, that also happens in the next show on our list. But if there, if you, unless you guys have anything else to say about, uh... I, mean, I don't. <laughs> I, no, I, I think, I think yeah, like, if the whole it's whatever the whole they, thing they is just glasses. Why you make the show about how she never has her glasses? You know, you know. I respect that they have apparently double, tripled, and quadrupled down on on that. But yes, uh, but yeah, that 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 shot also shows up in the next show on our list, the other Gohan show this season. The masterful cat is depressed again today. Mm-hmm. Just apply that to an office instead of a school, um, or also her apartment oddly enough at some point that they spin the camera through there but yeah it's got that it's got the weird desaturated colors that they like to do so mm. much uh you know it's got the questionable cg cars and whatnot more more curiously gel does gohans have a single funny bone in their body <laughs> are you if well you know what? I'm gonna say this show. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand up for this show. <laughs> All right. I Why? Like, Whoa. I actually man. like. I actually like this show. Um, man, multiple go hands apologists did, to this. Did we podcast. actually say the title? The title is the, the masterful, masterful cat is depressed, is depressed, is depressed yeah. again today. 
And Volition is shouting at me. This podcast has been compromised. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a this is a comedy about a young woman who works at an office and she is a uh, drunk slob until one day she saves a kitten. And this is not an ordinary kitten it is a masterful cat. And the kitten grows up to be a human sized cat who does all of her cooking and cleaning and household chores, et cetera, et cetera, and helps get her life together. Uh-huh. And Before um, it moves on to the next person. Uh, you, you know, that's, I, that's unrealistic. A cat would never help yeah. anybody. Okay. So here's the thing, G I thought that exact same thing. Right. <laughs> and, and the, the, it's funny because the cat doesn't talk. He does get very brief moments of inner monologue. Hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, th- this, th- yeah, this is clearly a fictional magical cat because he's very helpful and cares about his master. And um, it, it, he kind of has a little bit in the beginning of episode two where he's like, well, you see, I'm a very smart cat. I have figured out when the human goes to work. The human gets money. When the human gets money, he can buy the cans of cat food. She can buy the cans of cat ah, food. Ah, uh, yes. Money money <laughs> and, can be exchanged and, for and goods when, and services. And when, when the cans of cat food come home, I get fed. So if I can keep her alive, <laughs> she can keep ah. going to work. Uh-huh. All right, so, all right. Yes. <laughs> so not so selfless after all. Yeah, and oh, so, so like the, the kind of humor comes from the fact, other than, yeah. you know, the absurdity of a human-sized cat. Right. Uh, he's ki- He kind of, like is still a cat and occasionally can't fight his cat instincts, but also he's very smart and capable of doing all these human tasks or whatever. And that's kind everyone of everyone can see the cat, right? Like they, they, they yes. can see that it's a human sized cat. Yes. Which and... leads to other, other problems, but yes. All right. <laughs> that's what they're, that's what they're working with. Um, okay, okay. For example, the, you know, the, the main girl is, afraid that her hot boss is going to accidentally find out that she has a human sized cat at her house. For some reason, this terrifies her or um, in episode two, he just goes to the grocery store to pick up, you know, this, the vegetables on sale, of course, because he's a masterful cat. And uh, like, there's you see, all these tired housewives are there like doing mental gymnastics to figure out why there's a giant cat walking through the mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. market. They're like, am I just really tired? And then most of them just kind of assume it's a guy in a cat suit, and they're just like, "I'm, I, I'm not going to." Whatever, I'm it. dealing with this shit. Like, yeah. like, yeah, like they're just like, I mean, even if I told somebody, like, are they going to believe me that I saw a giant cat in a supermarket? So they just like assume it's a guy in a suit, and uh-huh. yeah, he and the manager's like, "Hey, pays me money, right?" So, <laughs> nobody so how knew. how does this show compare to like Galandino, for instance? Oh, so it is different because we do get some of the cat's inner monologue in his thoughts. Right. Like, he's not... Dino is, like, still, like, a creature, right? He's still, like, a... He's still, but like, he's, a... He's basically, like, you know, he acts and, like a person. So he kind of, you know. Yeah, he... Yeah, he, yeah that's, that's true. He, he does have, you, like... You do not get any monologue from Dino, but Dino is basically just, like, yeah. a big child, right? Yeah, no, this, this, like, I would say the cat here is a little more complex than that because okay. there's also a certain um and this might be me reading too much to it but i don't think it is because the title is the masterful cat is depressed uh there is a little bit of a sadness to it where you feel like he probably would be rather be out chasing birds or something <laughs> like uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, by being by becoming yes. burdened with human intelligence it has become yes. burdened by human failings yes. so, so i th- i think 
I think they're trying to like flip the stereotypical like uh you know uh sad housewife uh-huh. uh type of tropes mm-hmm. into a cat right which is absurd but it but it's I mean it's still like kind of mostly funny life like lighthearted slice of life stuff right but mm-hmm. there's I think they were intentionally kind of have a tinge of that sort of melancholy into it and um I I think it's I think it's pretty good I mean right. it's not like I, it's not like I'm, uh, you know, excited to watch the new episode the first minute it comes out, but I, I, I'm enjoying it. Right. So there you go, go hands, go go hands, go go hands. Yeah, and I don't know why. Maybe it is the absurdity of the this concept, but the the go hands weird house style stuff doesn't bug me that much. Well, if the it, premise is a little more like intentionally yeah. surreal, and then I think I think. Yeah, I think like, much like the the glasses girl show, I don't think they do it very often after the beginning either. Like uh-huh. you, you get your your mandatory spin the camera, fly the drone camera drone. They, the probably, office, they, uh, they probably realized shot. actually that anytime they do that, it goes viral. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Like, yeah, well, I mean, it no, would it would have probably it true. probably it probably would have gone. This one probably would have gone viral if it came out first. So it, was, it is very weird know. that these are airing in the same season. I feel like. You know, I can't I can't speak to like all the deals that are made with like studios and like um you know the the production the, the ch- yeah and the productions and the channels they air on or or how they're distributed, but I guess these two shows are different enough that there's not really a worry of like overlap, but but because of what we know about how anime is produced, it's like does that mean Gohan's is producing both of these shows at the same time concurrently? Yeah, or I mean, or I would one was think done in already, most cases, right? one was kind of already in the can, or yeah, I guess so. Far enough along, right? So, yeah, who knows? Um, and all scheduling got messed up from the ripple effect yeah. of COVID. So, who knows? Um, all right, Joe. Well, well, tell us then: is the absurdity of the premise enough to sustain the next show on this list? All right, let's talk about Reborn as a Vending Machine. I now wander the dungeon. <sighs> Uh, <laughs> the, the only isekai on this list. The, this this one yeah. this one grew on me. P- Peter, you also watched this, right? How, yeah. how did you feel about about the vending machine show? So my my original my, my original thought was that. So there's a thing that I've noticed in some of the really bad isekai shows that I've watched, uh-huh. where the presence of the 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 the, the isekai person is largely inconsequential. Like it could be anybody, and they're sort of brought along by the people with them. Mm-hmm. And this is the logical extension of that, right. where they're literally inanimate objects. They are they are a super powerful, basically tool to always bail out the fantasy characters, and then also be a Greek chorus unto themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I I feel like they could have some fun with it, but I guess I am worried that eventually they're gonna get like a human form or something and completely nullify the. Yeah, I really. Yeah. I, I we'll get into something that happens in episode two that kind of made me concerned about that, but I will say the concept is so thin in itself. That like I, I've, 
I feel like they maybe did like the best they possibly could with it, and just the concept is so dumb that it's just you can only go so far with it. But I mean, I mean, to just kind of recap, I mean, obviously the title kind of gives you the plot, but I, I do, they do very much lean into this vending machine thing. Like the guy really liked vending machines even before he uh-huh. was killed. I mean, and in is, the, the the nation of the vending machine, naturally, and, and yeah. he was and he was riding his motorcycle behind a truck that was carrying a vending machine, uh-huh, and then the, uh-huh. the vending machine fell off and crushed him to death. And Betrayal of the vending machine. Yes, ironically, and he was uh, reincarnated as a vending machine into this fantasy world. And they do a couple of things that I liked with this idea because even though in the key art you see he has like the anime eyes and everything to everybody else he is just literally a vending machine right like that that's just whenever we hear his sort of inner monologue you see the eyes to kind of make him more personable but in reality everyone just sees him as a vending machine a vending machine which is like a a concept that people in a fantasy world would have like trouble comprehending yeah so he and and he can't talk but he can use like the canned pre-recorded phrases like please insert coin or thank you. Have a nice day or huh. whatever. Right. So he has to figure out how to like communicate yeah. with that. And then also how does he get stocked up? Man, well, I'm glad you asked G. Um, <laughs> like where does he get his refills from? So he, he apparently has received enough uh, magical blessings from the gods to uh, spend points to re- to like restock himself, but to get more points, he has to, and also even to stay alive, like to keep the electricity running, he has to spend points every day. So he actually has to keep selling to stay alive. Um, and he can spend more points to like change his stock and stuff. So there's like a very, I didn't really, I didn't really love all that because it's very video gamey, but there's yeah, a it, question. They have, they have to deal with that somehow, right? Because otherwise he's yeah. just going to run out of stock and then the show's over. Question, as a vending yeah. machine, does he sell like, vending machine type things or does he sell like health potions no he sells like he sells modern japan vending machine items like coffee hot uh, yeah pokari sweat uh hot corn soup you know that Uh kind of stuff melon soda yeah there's probably melon soda at some point um when does he turn into a porn mag vending machine We'll get to we'll get to that in a moment. Oh, okay, the, uh, all right. <laughs> so the other important of plot the, point: make a rueful joke that just turns out to be on the money. Well, not not quite, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. But okay. the the other important plot point is that he is discovered in the forest by uh, this super strong girl who is like the martial arts punch lady in the hunter group, uh-huh. and she's strong enough to just strap him on his on her back and carry him around because otherwise he can't do anything right and uh you know she brings him back to town and everyone marvels at you know they figure out how to use him because he can say you know please insert coin or whatever the kind of thing right so they Mm -hmm. figure out how to use him and um yeah did i i was i think they started to win me over in episode two because they just start doing some dumb things i liked but, um, for example, uh, the, the, the punch lady is like, she's super strong, but she can't, she has trouble with accuracy and can't seem to punch anybody, <laughs> even though if they did, they would die. And, okay. uh, so they, so they get, How does this so get she, solved with vending machine power. So, so 
I saw this coming like miles away, and I'm like, are they going to do this an really dumb up drink? Right. No, I was, I was like, they can really do this really dumb thing that I've seen coming miles away, and then when they did, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. Uh, she, she's carrying him, him on her back. Um, the, the, the so, monsters but, attack. So with the huge weight on her back. Yes, it, it's and I'm like, I'm like, oh, are they going to make it so that the, the counterbalances her so that she can hit people? And yeah, sure enough. I'm like, uh-huh, God, that's uh-huh. stupid. But you, you know what? All right. Nope. <laughs> Fine. Remember Nobunaga where she couldn't shoot the big giant gun that was bigger than her super well. So she has Isaac Newton step on her and <laughs> increase the gravity <laughs> for like yes. three times, three times. So that sure. now that she's yeah. crushed under three G's of Isaac Newton's giant foot, she yeah. can shoot the gun good and kill aliens. Look, so I, I think better the, anime are just built different. Nobunaga was sick. Yeah, that, that show was great. Um, one one more stupid thing that happens in episode two, and Peter, you can chime in if there's any other ones you want to mention. But the long story short, they're getting attacked by the the there's like these frog people that they're trying to uh-huh. game fight or something. And and the the, the 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 well, they're more like actual frogs, but okay. There's a, the giant frog boss is coming after them, uh-huh, uh-huh. and they don't know what to do because because the, uh, they're trying to help the injured guys escape, so they can't do anything. Okay, hang um, on, let me guess. Does the vending machine have a magic barrier? He does, but that's not what happens here. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're going to guess this one. So he, he manages <sighs> to—he right. manages to get the girl to buy some bottles of Coca-Cola and some Mentos. Oh my god! And what? And we, Fuck off! Surely yeah. you've seen the <laughs> thing out of here. I don't want to. Uh, where when you put the Mentos yeah. in the Coca Cola bottle yep, and like yep. explodes mm-hmm. out, yeah. So he made he manages to get them to do that. What <laughs> so is this? Two thousand and seven. And you know what? Yeah, I thought that whatever. was fun. Fine. It's stupid, but I thought that was fun. Um, the thing that does happen in that part is what we were alluding to is apparently he learns to change into different kinds of vending machines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like he turns into like a candy vending machine and then uh, there's something else that he, he has like a whole list there's of them. A ramen so one because he gets, he starts being able to dispense hot water for doing like cup ramen. Oh, yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once we, once we start putting the form changes in there, I'm like, where are yep. we going with this one? Form right? of, an isekai mm. protagonist. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah. Back to his human self or whatever. So, yeah. I mean, they also bring in um, a bear in a coat and a hat, and a sure. asshole cowboy guy. So you know, there's stuff going on. Um, point is, you know, I feel like they're doing the best they can with what they have to work with. They just don't have a whole. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> They don't have a whole lot to work with. Maybe that's what it comes down to. Yeah, I guess so. that's the thing. Right? Like, is this a is this a twelve episode worthy um, premise? <laughs> yeah, I yeah I, I'm I'm willing to give it another uh, you know episode or two. We'll see if they what they come up with. I mean, I I thought because I thought in the first episode I kind of got more vibes of like something like. Um, like restaurant to another world or one of those kind of shows where it was like, uh, yeah, it was, was like right. fantasy, well, it's fantasy. Not, it's, uh, it's the last whoever. good one compared to East Coast, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, fantasy people are amazed by this modern technology right. and look, I've got, you know, uh, 
my hot corn soup now. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was going to be like, you know, what new fantasy character is going to is going to discover the magic of vending machines? And they didn't really go that route in the second episode, which I they, they actually went on like, you know, an adventure or whatever. So mm-hmm. and you meet some new characters and stuff. So maybe uh, maybe they would maybe they'll figure out something. But I don't know. OK, let's move on to talk about Reign of the Seven Spellblades. Yeah, if you want to talk about doing the best with what they have. Uh... Okay. <laughs> well, what was the deal with this one? Because honestly, I just okay. my eyes glossed over. Yeah, I think, when no, I saw okay, this. yeah, and that's that's why. <laughs> same. That yeah, same, and that's but in a highly specific way that made me yes. think about uh, our tenure of doing the blog, right? Which is this is a very this is how like this is a light novel, right? So it's mm-hmm. they're going to a magic academy. You've got your your main dude who's you know got dark hair and he's a little, s- little smarter and uh, more put together than the rest of them and analytical and all of these other characters are also here at, at fake Hogwarts Spellblade Academy, Kimberly. And, and they Academy, all have their, their own like their personality own... quirk that makes them uh-huh. stand out, right? Yep, and including one girl who's a goofy. Uh, She's a goofy, me-headed samurai in a, you know, in an otherwise Western Harry Potter-ish yes. magic yeah, she is, academy. She is, she is framed as a foreigner from the mysterious East. Yes. And, Great. but she's the clear main love interest and mm-hmm. all of these other characters are probably going to get paired up and as they go on wacky adventures at Kimberly Magic Academy or whatever. And my eyes like completely closed over while watching this show. Yeah. basically oh yeah i've got little birds dancing in my head yeah. right now but then i like I thought, <laughs> thought about this after yes. we watched the show and i th- i thought to myself this is when we started doing this blog in the mid in the early to mid 2010s i thought to myself back then this is what i would have considered like the nadir of anime we 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 would have relentlessly shit on this show in like yeah, 2014. That's how I f- felt about it. I would have just like torn the shit apart. I would have hated it. Of just like I would have considered this just like as low as we can go. And then, I mean, but, for like, God's sake, like the, the Ron Weasley of this story is a dude named Guy Greenwood, and uh-huh. <laughs> he's a can you guess what type a, of magic uh-huh. he's good at? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plants. Plants. Yes. Green. Plants. Yeah. But then Isekai stuff has just so thoroughly infected everything and poisoned isekai, the well. Uh, hold up, hold up. Isekai is the shifting of the Overton window of <laughs> anime. <laughs> okay. <laughs> at least Iro understands what I'm getting at here. <laughs> What, what would have once been considered uh, an unacceptable opinion, uh-huh. or what, 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 an anime that would have once been considered uh, unacceptable in the modern in, in discourse, <laughs> has now become baseline tolerable oh, because of God. how much work it has gotten in the last ten it, years. Is right. it, is this is this the same as like how I'll, I kind of feel vaguely nostalgic if I see an old school harem anime show up? Even yeah, though exactly. Even though, exactly. Even though they're like objectively terrible yes. and I hate them, yes. it's like. 
but but I still feel a little tinge of nostalgia. When, yeah, yeah. When no, that's come literally up. what it is. No, we, it's, we yeah. it's like, the- I was watching this and I was like, damn, I wish I I miss when this was the worst we got. <laughs> yes, that's what it was. Because because like it's 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 like that weird thing it of just, like it we're seems watching- so it it seems so like mundane and like inoffensive yeah. compared to. East Kai stuff when it's like the end of the episode is literally he's going for a walk in the early morning while thinking about his tragic backstory about his how his Osana Najmi died or whatever and Samurai Girl is bathing in the public fountain and with her boobs out right and he's like oh, oh you can't bathe out here and she goes oh no what are you talking about it's just water I'm just bathing what's the problem I don't see an issue and he's like oh you, you put my jacket on oh and, and like we're like and, and here's the thing right it's like yeah whatever it's like the eye roll like anime shit but it's like at least this character isn't like about to put a fucking shackle around her neck or like right. uh, talk about how slavery is in fact actually good <laughs> right. like he's gonna you know he's gonna enslave her to get revenge on the girl that broke uh-huh. his and heart, he's not pulling uh, up a status window uh, yeah. yeah he's not pulling up a status yeah. window to look at his cheat skill at level one I, or I, mean, that's we, I mean that's the thing we have to make clear right it's like this is a light novel it is not yeah. isekai Right, like, like I mean, it has all the things. It has all the trappings that eventually become what we know of as isekai. But like, there, but nobody got hit by a truck. It's all, There's no it's video of another game. era, right? Like, right. It feels yeah. like, and it, that, yeah. that to me was the thing that made me go like, I have to talk about this show just to communicate this feeling. No, totally. Like I'm, like I'm watching the show, and it's like. I'm like, all right, yep, here's the protagonist. He's a little bit more clever than the rest, but as far uh-huh. as I can tell, he doesn't have a cheat skill. Mm-hmm. You know, yep, you have Samurai Girl, who's, like, strong, but maybe not very smart. You got you got the Ron Weasley best friend, who's, like, uh-huh. the, he's the chill, laid-back one. Yep. And then you have a, a, you have the bookish boy, the, the nerdy boy who comes from a... He, he mm-hmm. doesn't come from a magical bloodline, so he worked extra hard to get in. He's the scholarship kid. Yep, there then you have the Ojo-sama... Mm-hmm. But she's nice. She's the Ojo son with a heart of gold. And then you have anime, just literally just anime Hermione Granger because Clumsy she's the one girl. character yeah. in the first episode that's like, hey, isn't it kind of fucked up that we use magic to enslave demi humans like trolls and goblins? <laughs> Weird. And then anyway. And everyone, everyone just shrugs. Uh, and uh, yeah. It, <laughs> I will not watch any more of this show. No, of course but, not. And I just am. Like a... I, I was struck by yes uh, the the movement of the anime Overton wind. <laughs> this is yeah. uh oh man yeah I was just struck by that that feeling uh, a, a benchmark to see how far we've come. At it's this just point, fasc- huh? just fascinating, right? Like yeah, my standards yeah. have been dragged. <laughs> yeah, I mean by by the standards of anime, honestly, uh, um. Uh, 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 fucking god! I can't even remember the name of this goddamn show. Reign of the Seven Spellblades is is right up there with Vinland Saga season two, in Whoa. terms of anime's ability to question the the morality and ethics of of slavery. <laughs> yep, indef clearly yes. Uh, Yikes! So it's I, closer to that end of the spectrum than the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> so, so you're saying. Uh, <laughs> You're saying I should watch this then instead of uh, no, 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 Saga? No. Is that, oh my god! Or it's basically the same as what you're telling it's, me? Yeah, they're basically the same. You might basically as well. What, what, no. what difference <laughs> does it make? Uh, all right, that is yeah. an interesting point, but it sounds like That's people it. should not watch the show. No, no, <laughs> no. It's, there's, okay. there's like literally so, nothing yeah. to it. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
know. Let's yeah. let's uh let's move on to the gene of AI, which yeah. I did not get it. I did ran out of time to watch this, but this sounded okay. I watched this. this. Is yeah, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's the what's the general premise on this one? So uh, basically, yeah. um, it kind of takes place in this future world where um, you know, AI personhood is a thing. There are AI people who live who are integrated integrated uh, fairly seamlessly mm-hmm. into society, and in fact, it exists in a world in which it is established. Like this is a world which has already gone through the like. AI person civil rights like arc of these types of sci-fi mm-hmm. stories. Like okay. there are legal that protections yeah. that like ensure that like for example, uh, it is illegal to copy or back up the neural data of an AI person who in this world are called humanoids, which makes it a little yeah. confusing. So yeah. just going forward, if I say humanoid, I mean like a like, right. a, like that an makes AI it, that, that's a person thing that makes way more sense in Japanese where. We're not. You can say that the English were humanoid, and but versus then, like ningen, right? Yeah, right. yeah. But but so so it is explicitly established that humanoids, like every humanoid, despite being an artificially created being, is in fact in theory meant to be also the only one of them, right? They are they are fully mm-hmm. bespoke individuals. But seeing as there's a law that says you can't do this, you can maybe kind of see where this sci-fi story yeah. is going, right? Where mm-hmm. what happens when you do copy and make, like, what happens if you do have the backup data of an AI person? And what happens if, like, all digital information, it can be copied endlessly? What if you have the AI of somebody who was particularly well-suited to crime? Mm-hmm. Would it suddenly be very useful to have multiple copies of that person, or not, or not to, even somebody's well suited to crime, but somebody who's easy to cajole into doing crime? <laughs> yes, exactly. And at that point, why do you even need the original human? That that, and, and that's the other thing they established, right? Is that these these neural like like these neural nets are like based on human neural they, nets, right? <laughs> yes, they are based off of a human base, right? And right. Uh, what do you do with that human base after you've copied their brain and turned it into into a digital good? And mm-hmm. this is where I am maybe this is another show, honestly similar to Undead Girl Murder Farce, where I am maybe bringing more of what who I am and what stories I right. like to it than it necessarily mm-hmm. actually has the chops for, because. The story is basically about a doctor who specializes in treating humanoids uh, and in a sort of blackjack-esque twist uh, also works as a black market doctor to help humanoids who are who exist in legal gray areas. Mm-hmm. And he does this specifically because um, his mother uh, was arrested uh, uh, 30 years ago for... Uh, for basically engaging in 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 illegal uh, um, neural she, like, copying, right? She like sold her neural pathways. Like, yes, she got paid by a shady organization t- for them to copy her neural net, so she could like pay for his for the the main character's like medical bills when he was a child. Yes, and so she's okay. in like a maximum security robo prison. Well, uh, well, no, no, no. Here's yeah. the thing. Yeah. If you look at the eyes, it's it's the humanoid version of his mother. That's right. That That's right. At the, at the very beginning, it was just a human, and but in the in the jail is the a copied 
version. Mm, and right. so what the doctor is looking for is his original mother. Right. And I'll be real, man. I, you know, you throw a sci-fi premise at me, at, at, like this at me. It's mm-hmm. kind of catnip. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Let's go. Okay. Did you watch so, the second episode? <laughs> I did not. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was going to say real quick, like having not watched it, this all sounds like things I have seen before. Yes. Like, where, where is there some, I guess, angle they're taking? I guess the like on the timeline of human rights, like usually these stories are in the struggle for you know uh-huh. AI human rights or whatever. So I, I guess being further down that timeline mm-hmm. is a little bit different, right? Yeah, but so. Um, but yeah. what happens in episode two? Is that uh, we to, <laughs> no? We just explore a completely different concept regarding humanoids, uh, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, it's just it's about like a high school student in the track club who's a humanoid, and his friends are, you know, in the track club are normal humans, and his like this robot, this humanoid kid struggle to like do track and like whether or not. He actually has hard limits to his ability because mm. he's a robot or not. Like, you know, whether, whether or not he can keep up with the, his human friends because he feels like baby, he was designed, you know, to work within a specific limit of capabilities. Right. Right. Uh, whether or not that's necessarily true or not. I mean, uh, that's again, like, I guess that I could also see that being an interesting story mm-hmm. about artificial personhood. I guess, like, is the show then, is the show an anthology then? Is that it where seems it's going? like it? There is this also uh, a subplot. Right. There's also a subplot in this episode where the doctor, uh, who has a twin tailed nurse assistant who is a humanoid. Yes. Uh, and she gets upset because a big boobed pretty lady humanoid <sighs> is there uh you know as All a former right. former colleague of the doctor oh and is that the person he was talking to in, in yeah the first I, think, episode? I think so okay. and so you know there's this hack sort of hackneyed like oh doctor i see you you know why don't you pay attention to me instead of your pretty pretty old colleague uh and stuff and of course it's sort of this ends up with the shocking reveal that uh, you know he pulls up an old photograph of when they used to work the same lab and the now the now big boobed flirty lady humanoid was previously a you know pretty man humanoid Hmm. and okay now they're going they give the sort of hackneyed like but uh but they've decided that they live beyond gender uh right okay sort of line Sure. Uh, right. I, I mean, like, I guess that is I a guess, thing to do. Just to, like, gonna, shrug. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Right? So it's like, yeah, I guess that's a thing you can do. You're doing a story about artificial people yeah. who can, like, theoretically change. Yeah, yeah people, that's, right. that's but, fine. Yeah. But, like, yeah, that's, I mean. And then, I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't. It's a little on the nose, but it's. Yeah, seems, a little like, bit. Right. And so yeah. it seems to me that this is going to be in a sort of anthology series where every mm. every episode is another, like, and this doctor is treating another AI person who has some sort of problem that's unique to being an AI person. Right. right. I mean, I mean, I, this is why I did compare it to blackjack at the start of like, right. oh, it kind of yeah, has yeah. that vibe to mm-hmm. it of like, Oh, what's, what's the case this week, doctor? Yes. But, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, don't know. Like, I guess uh, that could work. Oh, all right. Yeah. 
I, I guess the thing, right, is like, again, like, I, I will admit, like, I am projecting a lot of my hopes onto this show, but, like, if I were to, like, look at it clinically, this is not Vivi. Right. Like, this is not, this, even from episode one, this show does not have that same, like, mm. confidence yeah. to, 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 like, tell you what, like, this is the kind of story we're about to tell right. about AI person. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it doesn't have that to yeah, it. It also doesn't like, have that production. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. Because like, yeah, yeah, I feel like, episode, you know, yeah. sh- sh- shout out to, you know, Vivi Florida's song, but the, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like that show also what I don't, and you guys can tell me if I'm correct. What you're selling, telling me also sounds very dry, <laughs> whereas Vivi had, had Vivi has had, had the like yeah. the yes. bombastic uh, cinematic appeal to it no, as well to like that, you I know would, the style yeah. and the, pre- the presentation to yeah, like, keep there, it, there's something to be said. There is totally something to be said about your style and presentation, right? Like you know, like as much as we all kind of rolled our eyes at the like the idol like or you know pop mm-hmm. singer like half of Vivi, it justified it in the end, right? It showed us why that part actually matters yeah. to you know, to the story, why the ability to sing and the ability to create mm-hmm. song like thematically ties to this idea of the pursuit of like individualized personhood. I think the issue yeah. with um, uh, of Gene of AI is like, it doesn't really have that like X factor to it, right? Like mm-hmm. the, the ideas are really interesting. Like, yeah. like these like, are I'm, all I'm, things that like, like the gene of, of AI almost feels like, oh, did somebody like make an anime adaptation of like an obscure Asimov short story <laughs> yeah. from like 19th century? Right, right. I really like the bit in the first episode where they're like, yeah, every time there's a raid in like on a criminal organization, this same guy is always arrested and is always yes. like crying his eyes out when he's arrested because this, this personality pattern has been already proliferated in the black market and we can't do anything about that anymore yeah and so and there's like, always this same dude getting arrested in every drug cartel raid yes yeah that does kind <laughs> of no matter like where on earth and 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 there's a fun like existential crisis to it right because you know the the main like the main plot of of the first episode right is uh, the doctor is treating one of his one of his you know, one of his uh, 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 yeah. black market patients, right? Which yes. is a, it is a, it is a humanoid couple with a human daughter, uh, with an adopted human daughter, and mm-hmm. the humanoid couple uh, performed an illegal backup because, because the wife yeah. uh, got injured not long ago and concerned about her health. Uh, the husband decided, well, let's make a backup just to be sure, and it turns out that the backup itself causes like caused a like backlash corruption that is now corrupting the current version of the wife that exists in the humanoid and so now the backup is the only clean version of that personality that they have left Mm -hmm. and they get into like that person that bat you know think about like you making backups on your computer this backup's only a week old you're only losing a week of data. How like, much have like, I done they, over this past week? Oh my god! And that is yeah. the thing. How yeah. much have you done over that past week? And also, from the perspective of the wife, it's not me. That that backup is already a different person. Now. Yeah. Like, yeah. and oh, I would really hate to have of, to redo everything I did this past week. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, and like the low key. Ex- well, well, but here's the right. thing, Jill, and then also like you, the child understands this too, right? Yes, like, yes, and like. And to be fair, Joe, from your perspective, you wouldn't have to relive that week. You just wake up two weeks later, you uh-huh. know, yeah, of, right. of you having had to go through that week. But it's not, right. 
it's not part of your memories anymore. And that stuff, I really, I really that like how it yeah. plays in those areas. But it's yes, it's it's the presentation is very lacking. The OP is really odd. There's a lot of like really ugly looking CG babies. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why. There's so many CG babies in this show. Yes, it's I don't know because they're being. I assume <sighs> like, I assume the humanoids are sort of like replicants or whatever. Where yeah, they're like because they seem to like, grow. Like it's just like it's, if I had a nickel for every like really bad CG baby that showed up grasp in this episode, the true form of Gygus' attack. Uh, I'd have like four nickels, which is yeah. a lot more than I'd want. Yeah, that's <laughs> you'd be able to you'd should. be able to you'd be able to buy ten minutes of parkade. Yeah. <laughs> well, but. The premise yeah. is interesting enough that, you know, I mean, I, I don't, you know, Eero's description of the second episode doesn't Sorry, necessarily yeah. fill me <laughs> with a ton of hope, but like, you know, I I do love this specific like type of story, and so I'll probably give it a few more episodes to see kind of where where kind of where they decide to take things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. let's um, let's move on then. To yeah, Sinduality Noir. Sinduality uh, Noir. So this is the this is the tie-in anime. The yeah, the, the 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 what's it what's it called again? The like Bandai Namco. No, or... no, like is it multimedia? Multimedia project. Yeah, multimedia project. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Bandai Namco's newest multimedia project. Yeah, uh, once Following again up trying on to push Scarlet Nexus or whatever. Yeah. Yes, yes. Once again, trying to push a thing in the hopes that they can make another Gundam. Spoilers, uh-huh. they won't succeed. Sinduality uh, <laughs> Noir, basically, here's the thing, watching the anime, it just felt like I was watching a video game. Yeah. And, like, not in a good way. And what I mean by that is, like, the premise of Sinduality Noir is that it seems to take place in, like, this sort of pseudo-vague post-apocalypse where, like, humans are under attack by weird, yep. you know, uh, geometric bio creatures they and live the under they domes can, they live in protected domes and they have to venture out in these cool mech suits to go mine crystals or whatever to bring them back to the domes to to to, to fund to, to supply the fight against you know these monsters right and every every one of these mechs which look i love the mech designs they're done by ipe gyobu who recently the, the, worked on Mercury. like they're they look they remind me a lot of the soccer wars mechs these yeah, just, they, they kind of like think, round pot shaped, right? Like think think a combo of the Soccer Wars mechs and like gunmen from Gurren Lagann, like like mm-hmm. a face, like the torso is a face with arms yeah. and legs attached to it. You know, it's it's very neat. I I mean I personally like it. Yeah, very dumpy yeah. looking, very like yes. kind of shit box looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got they got a lot of cool weapons. You know, one had like you know fucking chainsaw roller skates, and another one had a pile bunker. So you know, yep. Yep. but um. The, the idea is that each one of these mechs also requires an AI co-pilot. You know, the Fatima. Yep. Uh, uh, Mamoru Nagano's... Uh, Mamoru stories. Nagano's... Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Five-star story. Con- yeah. Yes, continues, continues to endure. Um, and, you know, it's about the protagonist who has a mech, but he doesn't have an AI partner. He finds a white-haired girl in the ruins as they're exploring. Of course. Uh-huh. She has to have. She has to have white hair. That's mandatory. Yeah. Yes. Um. And and yeah, like I, I. And so you can kind of already see where this is going, right? 
Yeah. Like they go back to the dome, they meet the the rest of the town who are all a bunch of a bunch of characters, you know, it's this like rowdy town with like an old lady who runs the town and rival uh I think they're literally called adventurers. I know? think so, yeah. Uh, uh, rival adventurers <laughs> who got their own name. mechs and their own squads and the vibe I get mm-hmm. the whole time I'm watching it is like All these characters feel like NPCs. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I can see the version of this thing that I'm watching that would be a pretty decent video game that I buy when it goes on sale for about $40. When it hits Xbox like, Game Pass. Uh... Or, or yes, it gets released on <laughs> Xbox Game Pass, you know? Like... I can see all of these characters and I go, yeah, it would be fun to talk to you once permission. You know, it would be fun to talk to you when you have new dialogue for me when I come back from a mission. Oh, you know, Mm -hmm. I can see what type of character you would be. And I don't even mean that like these are bad characters. I just mean, oh, these are the types of characters that like you would just expect to see in a video game. And in a video game format, that might be fun. I could see myself having fun with this format of, oh, customize your mech, go out into the wild, do missions, fight monsters, collect resources, return to base, upgrade your mech, upgrade the base, do quests, right? Like, I could see myself having a pretty good time with that. But as a passive form of media, not so much. Yeah. There's really not enough here. Yeah, like, like at most it's just like, oh, the mechs are cool, which they are, but like, Look, man, if, if, if the mechs being cool was enough to get me to watch a show... <clears throat> Kyokusenki. We watched all <laughs> I mean, of Kyokusenki. you did watch the show. <laughs> yeah. This is not worse than Kyokusenki. Yeah. You know, just, but, uh, yeah. It's, uh, on the whole, it's just, like, really boilerplate stuff, right? I mean, it's, uh... uh Shocking that a anime based on a video game feels like a video right. game. I guess video game that has like no set release date as of yet. Yeah, so like that's the other weird thing is this feels like another one of those situations. You know, <laughs> you know uh, mm-hmm. kind of almost feels similar to uh to what you you know uh, to uh that that game you Tact, were playing, uh, Jell, uh, Tact Opus, right? Tact Opus of, like, Destiny, the anime uh, like, finally released yeah, the game two years later. Like, yeah, of like oh no, the anime finished production way before the video game. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother spoilers. The uh, game was not very good, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that's that that seems where we're headed with this one, I guess. What but, I yeah, one goofy thing though about Duality Noir is like the set dressing has so many fake logos for things, and I yes. am into that. No, oh, like this is <laughs> this is one of those clearest examples of where like this is totally a multimedia project because like the number of like in universe signage and iconography and logos oh, that yeah. exist can only that. exist in the scale of video game production where it's like I, I, I as someone who could speak from experience, one day your boss might just tell you, "Hey, uh, I need you to gener- I need you to like make uh, like thirty fictional logos for this game this week." And it kind of feels like that's probably what happened in the production of the game. <laughs> so and the yeah. anime was like, well, we're sitting on all these cool signs. We might as well just put them in the background. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is pretty good. All right. Well, I guess we'll uh, wait till the game comes out and see <laughs> if that's any good. I guess so. 
Who's making it? Do we know uh, anybody know that uh, off the Bandai? Oh, it's okay. Right. Yeah, right. I don't know which studio of Bandai, but uh... right. Yeah, I mean that could mean many things, I guess. But <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's move to the final show on our list. Let's talk about Zom One Hundred Bucket List of the Dead. Mm-hmm. And I feel this way about many shows on those list, but this one more so than the others. It's so close to being good, but something's <laughs> still kind of missing for me. This, this is the third show on the list where, <laughs> yeah, I, and I, I, say, I, I, I feel yeah. like this for me personally, this more than any of the other ones. I feel like it's that close to being really good. It's very and close. Just, the, I mean, the production is like this is a very well made show. Yeah, like, there's, yeah. There's, there's clearly some very strong uh, visual style and directing that's got into it. This yeah, is the like director the director cons- of that did Komi-san a while ago uh huh, okay. okay yeah a lot of the that, team that, that worked on that who have you know we're no longer at olm and are now doing this show nice looking we're now nice doing this show, show which has a thinly veiled olm cop you know company working everyone to the fucking bone uh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right well there's that but um i mean the premise is pretty good i guess like it's yeah it's the it's- the guy the guy is in his uh, working for you know evil Japanese company that works everybody literally to death, yeah, and to the point where when the zombie apocalypse happens, he's actually just happy that he doesn't have to go to work anymore. Yeah. And this is this is kind of interesting because like, I mean, it's I I would say I'm, I'm not going to call it a brave choice. It's not brave, but like it's it's they they make the relatively smart decision to like spend like what easily the first like 15 minutes of this episode like yeah. hammering into you the like the banal cruelty of like <laughs> capitalism or, yeah. or specifically japanese like office culture right. mm-hmm. like work culture i guess yeah you know and i i, like, I think that was there. i think that was and i i, I agree i yeah i agree i wouldn't necessarily call it brave but it's like it, it's still a a, a choice that not everybody would make to invest yeah. that much time in it and i think it was the right choice to really really make you feel really make it believable that he would at least in some capacity feel relief <laughs> that he does not have to deal with this right. anymore right and i mean this is one of the common like thematic tracks of of zombie fiction right like you know it's often been said right that like where in the world a zombie story is written and made mm-hmm. can often like tell you a lot about like what are these specific like you know anxieties of the time and place that piece of fiction was made you know the classic example of course right is like you know the original john romero like uh, uh zombie movies are like you know lead very heavily into like the fear of you know the fear of the masses which certainly uh-huh. has its you know own kind of unfortunate implications to it but it speaks to what the fears of this you know the, the societal fears of that time were right yeah and like and i wouldn't even say this is necessarily unique to japan but i feel like japan like japanese zombie fiction often does heavily lean into the like almost societal liberation angle of zombie fiction because mm-hmm. like you know it's not just this like you know uh there's high school of the dead there's the seinen manga i am a hero um Right. Like there are multiple like zombie stories in Japan that are kind of lean in like kind of lean into this idea that like oh, oh god what was that how... uh, school school live <laughs> you <guys> remember <laughs> that one you know yeah. like how how much of a grind must your society be that like 
its complete societal collapse is almost seen mm-hmm. as a form of liberation. Yes, I guess. that you are the zombie, that, you, that the the corpo, the white slave is the true zombie, etc. We are the walking and, dead. Yeah, and and the thing that kind of slides Zom One Hundred into like because obviously there's like there's the there's the dark implications of this type of story that you often see in some American zombie fiction where it's like you know it, where, where zombie fiction takes a little bit more of that libertarian angle of ah society has collapsed now I the strong man shall shall yeah. shall rule right and the thing that makes that I think Zom 100 <laughs> just barely manages to like skirt that with is like the very like the almost like refreshingly like fatalistic outlook of the protagonist like he says at the end of the episode literally like if i die tomorrow or in 60 years like it kind of doesn't matter right like i now have the rest of my life whatever that means you yeah. know to to pursue something you know beyond you know the 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 grind of 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 the corporate world yeah and i i think um because it's even hard for me to pinpoint exactly why this is kind of held what's holding this thing back on me. I think I don't know if it's maybe just like too simple. Like they don't it, like the the I don't know the the part that made me maybe the, made me cringe the most was like when he sees the lady at the office oh, and yeah. confesses to the zombie version yeah, of her or whatever. Yeah. And like, I, did you guys watch episode two? I did not. I not. Episode two. Okay, so in episode two, he makes the uh, eponymous uh, bucket list, right? Right, and like so much of the bucket list is like, I want to meet the girl of my dreams, uh, and all these like, uh-huh. and all these just like really just basic, like I don't know, which I guess is fine, but it's like I feel like it's not. He's almost like the main guy is like almost too simple and no, I know like, what you mean. Because, like, to you, engage cause, cause, with like the complex themes that are going on here. Right. Like, no. like, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think it, the big red flag with this story, right. Is like the strongest part of this story are specifically because of the transition from the grind of office life to the liberation of societal collapse. Right. Yep. And like, yeah. If that's your thing, you can only do that once. Yeah, I don't know how the show continues from there on, right? Yeah, so let me let me tell you how it continues. (laughs) Okay. So I I think one well, first of all, uh, there were some things I liked and maybe some things I didn't like in episode two. Uh, I did appreciate they do kind of make the main guy reckon with his situation a little bit because yeah, I know the whole point is like he feels liberated, but it is still the zombie apocalypse, right? And he's kind of treating this as like a mild uh, annoyance <laughs> or whatever. And mm-hmm. there, there is a, a bit where, you know, they kind of remind him of his mortality and that's what makes him write the, the bucket list, right? These are the things I wanted. The, it, he writes down a hundred things that he wants to do before he gets turned into a zombie because he's just accepting that that's going to happen at some point, right? And I, th- I thought that was a good way to kind of jump the story to the next uh, portion for him. The other angle is uh, they're going to be bringing in more characters. Um, right, I don't know if you guys saw the. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the OP because I don't think they played it in the first episode. Oh, well, then I, I have I not did. actually. No, yeah. OP is kind of a banger to be honest. But uh, Ooh, the right. the uh, they 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 show a couple 
new characters, including one who's introduced in the second episode that I will describe as workout girl. I don't know if we ever got her name. Mm. Uh, and she's wearing like workout clothes and sure. she's, she's introduced as his like polar opposite. I am going, I'm going to, you know, plan out and calculate everything I need to do to survive. And her, her list is the hundred ways to not get turned into a zombie. And it's like, you know, uh-huh. so know, we've it's got, like, we've got uptight girl and loose guy who are, yeah. Gonna... And I think there's two other wacky looking characters in the OP that I'm assuming will join their survival party eventually. Um, so I think that's where we're headed as far as like trying to mix things up. But I don't know. It's just like something is still missing. Like I like it, no, I maybe agree. it is yeah. just not yeah. engaging with the, 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 the kind of deeper implications with it. Like, and it's not that it's bad. It's just like, I feel like going from what is a, feels like a pretty good show to what could be like a really great one that we're really excited about. Right. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not quite there. And I don't know if we're going to get there. Uh, I, I don't I don't feel like the second episode really made me feel better or worse about it. Mm. Uh, it, it just, yep, this is the this is the the journey we're going on. So. um, I mean, I would still put it in the running for possibly the favorite my favorite thing I watched this season, but that's also maybe not a very high bar. I so, mean, that's the thing we yeah. are. We, this season is forcing us to grade on a curve. Yeah. And, and, and again, I, I don't think it's bad. Like it's, I, I think it's actually pretty good. It's just, it, it feels like it has the potential to be like a really great show and it's just not quite there. And, I, and I'm not even sure I fully know how to get it there, but yeah. 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 Well, kind of, kind of sums up this season in a nutshell. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like the, the, the microcosm for all these other shows Mm. the entire season for me it's just like a lot of these shows i liked and they're so close but just missing something and you know we'll see i think i think i'm surprised how many shows i will probably at least watch episode three and you know i think Mm -hmm. we'll still have things to talk about next episode of the podcast but I will see how things look after that. Right. Uh, I don't know if it is time to hit the backlog. Uh, we haven't talked about that. We haven't had to do that in a long time, thankfully. But, uh, you know. I, El Gaim, and Zabungle are waiting in the wings. Whenever, whenever they need to be deployed, they're ready to go. Uh-huh. H- have you guys been watching more of it, or has that just been yes. on hold yes. until... Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps the, the, I mean, the yeah. 80s Tomino Power Hour will return at some point. And or who knows what else, but um, yeah, for now, I think that's gonna do it. So let's uh hit our housekeeping. You can check us out at the, the glorioblog.com where you can read our written first looks for all these shows and more. Um, and there's probably some posts still waiting to go out here, so at, as of time of recording, but go check that out for our full thoughts. And including thoughts from some of the other Glorio crew on these shows. Uh, you can still follow us on Twitter at the Glorio blog. Hmm. Uh, as of recording, <laughs> if you have uh, if you have not exceeded your tweet limit, although actually, yeah, that's the other thing I gotta we gotta I gotta figure out is we also can't tweet automatically from WordPress anymore because they broke right. that too. So. Yep. 
Um, there really isn't much there to follow at the moment, but I'll figure something out maybe. And uh, of course, we are on co-host at Glorio, although I haven't really been posting anything on there either. So I got some work to do, folks. I apologize. Uh, but um, you can you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and of course, YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring that notification bell. Um, I, I, I've, I've, I've been glad to see we have been getting some more comments across the board. Please keep them coming. We like to hear uh, what people have to say. Uh, you know, tell us why we're wrong and we can, we can talk about it. Or tell and, us why uh, we're right. More likely. Uh, well, no, nobody comments when they think you're right. I mean, come on. That's that's not Maybe how the should. internet works. Um, so I, I I know I understand how this works. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, give give us more comments and uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and we'll catch up for next time. <laughs>